You're listening to our free podcast, The Screw Loose Juice. But this is just a taste. If you want the all-access pass to Rare Americans, then sign up for our fan club. For just $5 a month, you'll get never-seen-before music videos, guitar tutorials, articles written by the band, never-heard-before song demos, and hey, maybe even a little life advice that we've picked up along the way. Your 5 bucks goes a long way in helping us make more music and videos to further reach people just like you all around the world. The link to sign up is on our website, rareamericans.com, and on our Instagram page, at rareamericans. Thanks so much for your support. Screw loose! Alrighty, we are here and we got all of your fan submitted questions on the fan club. Thank you very much. And we're going to uh, to answer some of them. Right now we're currently in Bristol. We had a pretty much like a day and a half off, which is uh, by far the most we've had on this tour. So it was nice. We Crazy enough, the best weather of the whole tour happened to be in the UK. So we got to walk around and and uh, hang out. So it's been been really nice. It's so been beautiful. Well, let's uh, explain how do people submit these questions. Is the real question? Yeah. And where are they submitting them? On the fan club. Um, the fan club. So right. yeah, the fan club we launched this year. Um, we got about six thousand members. Uh, we're gonna really um, be putting a whole bunch into the fan club. This is for kind of the diehard RA fans. There's uh, all sorts of good stuff there from, you know, acoustic videos or live performance videos that aren't anywhere else on the internet, different articles that, you know, we've written, even recipes from the Rhythm Kitchen. And we're also going to do fun things like this, like Q&As where uh, we're only doing this stuff for the Rare Americans uh, community. So these questions were all submitted by members of the fan club. So it's pretty easy to sign up. You can go to our website um and all the info is there so without further ado let's get rocking so um i'm gonna start with this one it's it's a we're, we're gonna do some silly questions some serious questions but this one it's almost dinner time here so uh <laughs> what is what is everybody's favorite food maybe we should shout out their names too here. okay sure at least this their is, username this is violet um uh favorite food well who wants to go first john go goes first okay so uh, my favorite food is brinza de pirohi which is a special Slovak traditional pierogi food uh, filled with Slovak traditional cheese and dill. Okay, what do you eat the most on tour since we're here? Okay, um, well, baguette with cheese <laughs> and, and ham. Yeah, in uh, Europe, my especially. favorite food on this tour was either yesterday we had Jamaican chicken and lamb. Jerk chicken? Goat, actually. Yeah, goat, good. sorry, goat really and... Good. What else? What was it? And pork, pork, like pork, pork belly, pork belly. So, yeah. so delicious. And I also like the the, the Lebanese restaurant yeah. I went to in Rent. What about you, Duran? Favorite uh, favorite eats? Favorite food? Uh, I gotta say, I'm a fried chicken guy. Nice. Uh, at any restaurant, I usually go for the fried chicken sandwich over the burger. And you got you got a favorite place in Vancouver, right? Should we shout them out? No, shout out to Download Chicken. If yeah. you're in Vancouver, you got to go there. Yeah, definitely, definitely fried chicken. But yeah. for the record, Durad also thinks Big Mac is the best sandwich in the world. So I do. I, I stand by it. If you want to hear my theories on it, uh, I'll go for it. Separate it's a podcast. podcast. <laughs> um, my favorite. I am all about the kind of Mediterranean food. So Lebanese food. Um, Greek, um, that's definitely my favorite. So pretty much every city we go to, I'm always searching up the the Lebanese restaurants, and I like to eat the 
all the different, you know, the hummuses, the baba ganoush, the chicken, the fatouche salad, the uh, tabbouleh. I like I like having multiple kind of little side dishes and assembling it all together. The little harissa hot sauce. I'm I'm all about that. So let's just cut this podcast now and uh, go get some food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're all hungry, so uh, we're looking at where we should eat tonight. But the UK is uh, very much known for uh, Indian food, so we might uh, might go look for some chicken tikka masala tonight mm-hmm. maybe i don't think we've had indian once on this entire tour no i haven't the other haven't. thing i've eaten pretty much in every city is a kebab <laughs> i pretty much have tried the kebab in every single city so. i thought i'd have plenty of kebabs i haven't had one. Oh my god I've, every city i had one kebab in uh berlin and i was because i had this memory from 10 years ago that of the best <laughs> kebab in the world and my kebab was so average that i'm i'm scared now to either. Actually, I ate some something sort of a kebab today on the market and it was really good. Was yeah, like, that market was super cool. Yeah. Um, okay, how do you guys usually spend your free time? Like, are there any other hobbies that you like to do from Cider Spider? Mm-hmm. Duran, why don't you kick this off? Uh, I am into, I guess, like reading about finance. <laughs> I like that kind of stuff. So I usually am uh, checking out all that kind of stuff. I like to do other little projects on my own. I like to like blog and uh, I don't know. Other than that, I enjoy riding my bike. That's one of my nice. greatest pleasures and uh, spending time with the fiance. That's great as well. Cool. Um, for me, uh, a couple things. Uh, I really like sports. Um, so when we're not on the road, I like to be playing squash or tennis. Um, that's kind of my, I'm not, I do, I work out in the gym like once a week just to do weights kind of because it's good for the body, but I don't actually like it very much. Um, but I really like to play sports. So I do that a lot. Um, I really like to cook. Um, so this summer I'm really looking forward to doing like some camping and just outdoor cooking is like my favorite thing. And I'm very inspired by some of the restaurants uh, we've been to on this tour. So I want to up my cooking game. Um, and then I really like, um, hanging with my pup, um, whether that's going on walks or doing training or, um, just kind of hanging out, um, me, uh, Mish and, uh, and Alfie and soon one more little member. Uh, yeah, we, we like to go do all sorts of things. So, but little member, what do you mean? Uh, should I be more specific. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, little puppy, not, not little boy or girl. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, so um, because I have two kids now, there's the, the time for hobbies um, is limited. Uh, so anytime I have a free chance, I pretty much work on some music or let's say that I don't. But before I would say I would, I would go for a hike. I also like to play some sports very rec- recreationally, not like tennis or. Um, I've seen you, you know, play tennis. You're pretty good. Soccer. I play with Misha. Yeah. We were pretty good. battles. We you guys are like super <laughs> battles. It's so funny watching them play tennis. They're like dead even with each other. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and I play chess on my phone sometimes. Always uh, playing chess. Yeah. But it's not, not that it's a hobby. It's more like a time killer. How many? Uh, I'm just getting it? better. How many games of chess have you played on on your phone? I think it's about 10,000 games. Oh, my God. But those are one minute games. The, the game last speed maximum chess. two minutes gotcha the whole game you don't want to play uh Django yeah. at chess he will uh, kick your ass or, or he'll just mock you the whole time yeah oh, okay. yeah he'll just <laughs> purpose, purposely make bad moves knowing that he two moves later he's gonna kill you <laughs> i think he beat me one time without a queen actually <laughs> 
Um, okay, what or who inspired you to take music seriously? Did you expect to grow to such far lengths in the world from Jaden? Um, wow, I don't, this is a hard question. Um, to take music seriously, that's like, it's kind of like you almost don't start music taking it seriously. It's almost like you start playing music kind of because... Uh, it's just kind of what you do. I don't know. That's kind of what I found. You're like, you start, you play, play music, you play, you write songs, you go to open mics and you're like, okay, well, I want to play shows, I guess. Now I guess I need a band. And then, you know, kind of, I felt like for me, it was like one thing led to another. And then everybody has like, you know, childhood dreams of being the next big kind of big band. Um, but for me, it wasn't really like, I don't know. Now I think it's like more seriously in the last few years when you know now you're you're actually touring you have to pay to make music to write music to make music videos so i think as soon as something becomes you know financially you're you're invested in it then i think now you have to look at it more i guess quote unquote seriously i mean uh it's a good question i know ex not not exactly but i know the period that was probably like 16 and i met this guy who was uh, my friend and he was such a good guitar player and uh, i was so inspired by that um how good he was that i wanted to become really good and uh it's different from a hobby i think for me seriously is that it's more than just a hobby because i have a hobby like playing chess or playing soccer or tennis and not don't take these things seriously but music when i was 16 I started taking it seriously. I played in a band. I was trying to practice or improve. And even though I didn't go to school because my mom wouldn't want me to. But you I mean school for music? School for yeah, music, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was taking it just a little more seriously than just Anything the whole else, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a moment that's like, okay, mm -hmm. now I'm taking it seriously, you know? It's like a slow progression of... For me, anyway, it's like, oh, this is what I do now, right? Like, it's just, it's everything. So, yeah, but as soon as you want to really improve, I think you're making it, taking it seriously. If you just play soccer and not just every Sunday with your friends, I'd have a beer. Sure, after. if you're doing that's, something every that's day, not, that's not well, really that's serious. Kind of how it started for me, though. Like, I would just play drums, not practice. I, I mean, I would practice, but like, that's just what you do when you learn something is you practice, and then eventually it was like, okay, this is now like people are paying me to do this and like it just kind of happened organically okay so. part two of the question did you expect to grow to such far lengths in the world always uh, i always I, I always think way further than where i am you know and like i'm pleasantly surprised by where i end up so uh i personally didn't expect it at all i thought uh, um the, the the chances of that are so low so so i had no expectations but now i feel like i have more expectations yeah. <laughs> as soon as it tastes a little bit of yeah maybe maybe it's like um it's hopes your hopes for things versus like what you seriously expect to happen you know like what you realistically think will happen i think i had this feeling in my gut even when i was like just starting on like the first open mics that it that it could be that a lot of people could be interested in in the music that i was creating um but I think it's like the same as when you're a kid and you're shooting hoops in your, you know, in your front yard and you're like, I'm going to be in the NBA. Like every, every you kind of have those like childhood dreams almost. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, to your point, John, go once you actually start, you know, going around, you show up in 
Warsaw, Poland, there's 450 kids or something. You're just like, whoa, what the hell? Like, how do we go from Chicago to Warsaw to Toronto to Vancouver to Edmonton to Scotland? And there are 400 kids here, like who are singing every word and buying t-shirts and whatever. It's like, that becomes a whole different thing that it's almost, it's hard to believe when you're, when you're in the moment, but you're also like, okay, well, we're at 400 now. Why are we not at a thousand? Like, it's, it's almost like once you hit the first level, it's, you know, it's hard not to, not, not to take, and we don't take it for granted at all. That's, that's not the thing, but it's, I guess you have such um, high hopes and expectations of yourself now that it's like the ship is, is set sail and you, you just want it to keep going. Like That's the point because I played like in a lot of bands, but most of the time it would be for kind of friends or just in clubs and pubs and there's not really fans. Uh, so you expect like this is gonna be probably where I am, and I have to make money for a living. So I'm not gonna go further. But now you have 400 kids in Warsaw and Scotland and Edmonton, and you feel like okay, this could go really further than that. And just remember, like when we played like in Zurich, which is our lowest selling show we probably ever played as a band, which had about a hundred people. Like I remember going back to like we've all played in bands and in situations where there was four people. Uh, and in that, in that moment, if you could go back in time and there was a hundred people there singing your song, yeah. you'd be like, oh my God, oh this my is, God. this is the greatest thing ever. This is the best night of my life. Mm-hmm. For, for most of the musicians, I would yeah. say this would be the most memorable night of their lives. hundred people <laughs> singing their lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now you're in that situation just being like, oh my God, what happened here? Why are we, why didn't we sell more? Like, I, th- I think it's also your, you were still pleasantly, at least I am, I'm still pleasantly surprised by all this stuff, right? Like okay, we know, let's say there were 500 tickets sold in a venue, but the first time you experience it, it's like completely different than I thought it would be. You know, it's like, wow, 500 people is actually a lot of people. I did not really think it was that many people until they're all in one room. You're like, oh my gosh. Okay, further to kind of music industry kind of question, Nathan Werner asks, has anything stood out to you that you feel like has changed your lives in a way that you never thought would change since coming into the music industry? Um, a complex question. Yeah, it is a complex question. So <laughs> lives kind of changing. Um, I guess I think that I've learned so much. Like, I can't believe how much I've learned in the last few years. I feel like, you know, you start in this industry as someone who's an artist, you write songs, and that's really all you're thinking about is writing songs and maybe playing them at, at shows or putting a band together. You're not thinking about everything else that goes into the kind of the music industry. And I think over the last several years, we've just gotten such a deep knowledge of the music industry and how crucial that is for any success of any artist whatsoever. So I feel like if I was you know, trying to communicate to any young aspiring artist. It's like, you can write the best song in the world. And that is always going to be the most important thing. But if you don't have any plan on how to get that song out there, it doesn't matter. Um, You have to now, nowadays, especially in our current kind of climate, you you have to be thinking as like a business person and a marketer as as well. It's it's so important or, or no one will ever hear your song. Um, and I think for me, it's gotten now to a point where it's like, um, the industry, I can't believe how hard it is. It is so hard. 
I feel like if we worked this hard at pretty well any other industry, <laughs> like you could experience so much more, totally. certainly financial uh, success. Three people running an Amazon business has got to be a lot easier and there's a lot more money in it, right? It's just so hard. Like, you know, talking a bit about the music industry, like, you know, we're trying to open up a UK store, a merchandising store. So people from the UK don't have to pay big shipping expenses from the USA. And we get quotes back from a couple different suppliers for t-shirts and t-shirts here are like double the price of what they are in America. So your margin, you can, and you can only sell for so much too, because you can't sell a t-shirt for double here because no one in from Europe is going to pay that. No one from here is going to pay that. So sure. Inflation is really high right now across the world, but on things like groceries, of course you have to buy groceries to eat but you're not going to spend your disposable income. Inflation doesn't count towards band t-shirts. So it stays the same. And that's why I feel like the it's price, luxury. yeah, the price of, of band t-shirts is like more or less stayed the same for the last 10 or 15 years. So for us, that just means that we just have to pay almost double the price to get the same t-shirt that we can in America or Canada. So now our margin per t-shirt is so low that literally we have to sell it for full price to make $5 or something. And then think about how many t-shirts you have to sell at making five, six, seven dollars a t-shirt in order for it to be even remotely profitable. It's just like, it's, it's so challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think with that question about if it, if you're, what, what in your life has changed? Uh, I guess like how, how much you don't play music, I think is what has changed the most. Like I, I remember when I was going to school for music, it was it was 12 hours a day of drums and now it's like maybe 10 minutes of drums and like eight or eight plus hours of business, you know, as social media or marketing plans or something. So I think that's what the music industry kind of does is it shifts you and especially modern music industry. Now it's like, everybody's a business. So yeah, there's so many skills you have to learn, right? I would, I would say same goes for, um, because we are independent. So we have to do everything, uh, in the house, but even Dua Lipa, I think she just has to do so much other stuff, Instagram, photo shoots, interviews. Yeah, right? for sure. That's, that's also like maybe music is, I was thinking about it the other day, music is maybe 10, 15% of her life recording and performing, I guess, but, but so, there's so much other stuff, even though it's not business strategy, but it's still some other stuff that you need to do. Yeah, it's not her actually just sitting yeah. there doing singing yeah. lessons. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. I find with us, it goes in waves, like, because for example, when we're making a record, you're, you're 12 hours a day, literally for two, three, four weeks straight of only concentrating on music. You're not concentrating on anything else for literally 10, 12 hours a day. So you're so in it. And then once that phases out and now you're going to go on tour while we're spending four hours a day or something playing music and working on a set and whatever. Uh, and then once a tour is over, it's like, well, you might not even go to a rehearsal room or do anything for like two months. So it's like, to me, it's like very cyclical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to, just to answer the question quickly for me, I think the thing that for me that changed is um, for the first time in my life, I was actually cared about my job. I actually wanted to do, wanted to have great results, wanted to progress, wanted to mm, mm. Because before I was an IBM, you know, um, data crunch or whatever financial analyst, uh, just the motivation is not the same. It's For you sure. do your job, you try to do your job 
and I'm in a solid level. You, of course, I wasn't like a terrible employee. I was still like a good employee, but uh, anytime I could get get away from the job, I would. You know, and and with this job or with when you're in music or you like to create, you to you it's more like oh I have free time let's create something but also think of like your impact on the team it's like we have six seven full you know team members so you're you know 15 percent or yeah. whatever of our entire team versus at ibm you're yeah. 0.0001 of the entire team like yeah but also uh, ibm has 100 billion dollars a year revenue <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a big difference there yeah you're listening to our free podcast the screw loose juice but this is just a taste. If you want the all-access pass to Rare Americans, then sign up for our fan club. For just $5 a month, you'll get never-seen-before music videos, guitar tutorials, articles written by the band, never-heard-before song demos, and hey, maybe even a little life advice that we've picked up along the way. Your 5 bucks goes a long way in helping us make more music and videos to further reach people just like you all around the world. The link to sign up is on our website, rareamericans.com, and on our Instagram page, at Rare Americans. Thanks so much for your support. Uh, okay, uh, kind of a simpler question. Sam Kerman asks, in Milkman, who recorded the monologue near the end about going back to being a contractor? I don't recognize the voice. Um, that's because that voice was a clip that we actually took from YouTube, uh, which if you search it, you can probably find it. Uh, so we actually sampled that. And I tried. I reached out two or three times to the person who kind of, I guess, quote unquote, owns the sample um, there was an email address uh, to see if we could clear it or if we had to pay a small licensing fee or something, but they never, ever got back to us. So I said, you know what? At the end of the day, I didn't just totally steal this. I actually tried to, to go out of my way to see if we could um, do this above board, but they never responded and we thought it was cool. So we just, we rocked it anyway. So if you search through YouTube, you can probably find it. Uh, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Keep that to yourself. Um, who's the biggest gamer in the band? Certainly not me. Uh, well, Jongo used to be a gamer apparently in his youth. I used to be. I used to play uh, Civilization, a strategic strategy games, and uh, <laughs> it seems so Jongo. Eh? And I used to play um, also like adventures, adventures RPGs. You know, yeah. But a lot. It was a lot between maybe age twelve to. 16 and then i discovered the oh, okay guitar girls you know mm. kind of this high school lifestyle that i was like i don't have time for playing games anymore so, <laughs> yeah. so since i don't, didn't really yeah. occasionally play the game I, I think i would be probably the biggest gamer in the group yeah. you know the most about video games for sure which is yeah. so interesting because our fan base which we have learned are big gamers like that's probably the number one if you had to like you know, target are a potential rare Americans fan. Almost number one thing in common would be gaming. I would imagine. But I like I like gaming culture too. I think gamers also hang around YouTube quite a bit as well, and we also are on YouTube. So right. It makes sense that we would kind of blend with with that culture. So, yeah. Um, okay, Rick O asks um, two part question: How do you break out of the mundane and autopilot of everyday life? followed by how do you maintain a balanced lifestyle? Um, part <laughs> one of the question I would say is like the furthest thing that our lives are, I think are mundane and yeah, autopilot. Uh, I would say that we go on full blast. Um, you know, it's just one thing to the next, especially on tour. It's just like, you're just in the, 
yeah, thrown to the wolves almost like at all times trying to stay alive. Yeah, yeah, I would say somebody said the other day, my friend said the phrase, I'm bored. Said, what do you want to do? I was like, I wasn't bored <laughs> in in a very long time. Like, yeah, yeah. Just, I don't, like, it's a luxury. There's nothing like, I'm bored right now. I don't know what to do. That's why I was actually really interested in the Beaches new song. Um, I think it's super catchy. I've just found myself singing it in my head over the last like couple of days. But I was very surprised by the lyric because it's everything is boring. Wake up and I'm snoring. I wish I could die right here, right now. And I was kind of like, how is that possible? Like you guys have like, they've like gotten quite popular quite quickly. It seems like they're doing a million things all the time. They're doing a lot of press. They're touring a lot. It's like, I would just imagine that their lives are the exact opposite. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's for the audience. Maybe. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's an old song. Or maybe it's from <laughs> someone else's yeah. perspective or something. But and certainly from our perspective, it's like uh, things are never boring for sure. Um but the second part of the question, how do you maintain a balanced life? Um, I would say that's probably... Still still working on it. Yeah, I would yeah. say that's probably the toughest part uh, of what we do for sure. Um, because it's like, you're, it's, it's impossible, to, I find, to like shut off. You're just constantly thinking about things. Like, it's like, it's so hard to shut off. It's, I don't know, almost impossible. For well, me. and your, your phone's right next to you at any point. You can... You can see one of the yeah. million different metrics and analytics for us at any point, you know. Yeah, there's a, always a message to read. There's an, you know, a stat to look at. There's a band to compare yourself to. There's, you know, music to drop. There's ticket sales to look at. Um, yeah, it's it's really really challenging. I would say, and um, I think it's important also to kind of take some take some breaks. So I think even after this tour, just taking two weeks and trying to just you know, unplug kind of as much as possible and go camp or I don't know, go be outside or, you know, turn your phone off or, or whatever, just, you know, try to really just do anything other than, than this for a couple of weeks, I think is also really important. So yeah, maybe work towards a balanced life, you know, and, uh, slowly, yeah. little by little. I think Duran is one of the, the best, uh, of trying to keep a balanced life, like living healthy, Taking naps if you can. He was the one who overcome jet lag on day one. <laughs> mm. uh, I just read so, a lot about it. So I find main- read a lot or listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I find maintaining balance is much easier when touring is not a factor. Because yeah. I think when we were just at home and you know we were really just working like a ten to six almost kind of like job, um, it really was that. It's just, to me, it's almost like the same as any other job like if you were a lawyer or something like that i would imagine you're you're doing even more at home so like when we're in those in those times it's like okay six o'clock comes around great i know i'm gonna go take the dog out i'm gonna go play squash i'm gonna cook dinner i'm gonna go to bed at the same time i'm gonna wake up the same time the next morning it's like you have much more of a routine and then as soon as this last year we've been touring so much that it's like routine just doesn't exist it's like we have two days off now and then the next day we're going to play a show for 500 people then we're going to wake up at 6 a.m to hop on some train to get to a plane to get to a bus to get to our next hotel that we may or may not be able to check into okay i gotta eat some food here i gotta i gotta take a shit where do i take a shit oh no yeah yeah. today i was walking around like this is a great day like why haven't i done this every day yeah like enjoying a park yeah oh well they get used to it um okay let's let's do a couple more here um 
let's go back to um or it's just nada um what was the design process like for brittle bones nikki too and deciding the whole vibe for that music video artistically um specifically what was the inspiration for hank's design because i love to draw him all the time um brittle bones nikki too well it followed such a strong narrative i think the song was so descriptive um that both musically and lyrically, I think it really set the tone for obviously what a lot of the design was going to be like. Um, and then I think Crooked City Studios just kind of took that and kind of ran with it. And we did a lot of back and forth kind of mood boards on, you know, what kind of heaven and hell would look like and the character of God. And and they drew Hank. Um, that was their creation, uh, which I thought was awesome. I remember we all saw that character and like, oh, this guy is cool. We like, like it. We like it. God, the devil thing was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. It was a cool design choice as well. Yeah. So I think that is a really good example of a great collaboration between us uh, and Crooked City Studios. Yeah. I remember when they handed us that video, I was like, this is really cool. Like, there's lots of good stuff in that. Um, nailed okay. it. Okay, let's uh, check this one out. Uh, back to Nathan here. How has the band's view on the RA community changed since going on your first tour up until now? Um, well, I would say the bigger change for me was not touring to going on tour because I think that we didn't really have a good understanding of who our community was uh, up until we actually toured. Uh, and then even after the first show, we're like, okay, we see some like, okay, this is you know a vibe of kids. And then okay, we played 10 shows, 20 shows, and oh, the same types of kids are coming to our shows every time. Oh, now we've played 100 shows and we see that the same types of kids are coming every single time. I think it's taken, you know, several different shows and tours throughout the world to kind of understand who our community is. Um, and I just don't think that we knew that at all up until that point. Yeah, totally. You got to meet them. They're, uh, they're not moshers. No. They don't really like the mosh pit. Well, I will also say two reasons. One, we don't have the most moshable music. True. And two, a lot of people just haven't been to many concerts. So that's that was that's the biggest surprise. I think. Yeah. How many people have that's their first show or second or whatever? Like, yeah. just haven't been to many shows. So, like the whole, you know, what to do at a show or what you could potentially see at a concert, you just don't even really know what to do. Um, so I find that you know we kind of have to really lead the audience a lot in, in, okay, clap here. or Hey, do this now. And, oh, you can kind of move around and be free here. And it's like, they're like, oh, I can, I can do this. Cool. All right. Rock on. This is fun. Yeah. I think, um, I talked to a couple of people who's, who came back, like when we, the first time we were in Europe yeah. and they came back and they said, uh, that was my first show, the first time ah. I saw us. And then they had seen other bands since then. So I think that's pretty cool. That really cool. You can inspire people to get into music and actually check out live music, which uh, are, I think a lot of our fans maybe were afraid to at the first For first sure, yeah. Thing. So we uh, created a whole slew of new music fans. I think, though, uh, in the U.S., the, the ratio is even bigger of first-time uh, concert goers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big news the US, between uh, European fans and the... I feel like a European fan. There's also much more females in Europe, I noticed. Also, you, Europe, you know, you can drink from the age of 18, so you could go to the bars. It's more common probably to see shows. Yeah, that's true. Then when you're in, uh, like, middle of America and you're 18, you can't go to a bar, so, yeah, you know. I think the other thing, that we knew our community was really nice and, like, kind, but they're, like, in person, they're so polite 
and they're like <laughs> incredibly they're polite, so yeah. supportive and like you hear stories of people like helping shorter people up to the front so that they can see and like this was not stuff that i did when i was watching music so uh i'm very impressed with our community i think they're like totally yeah really awesome people yeah i totally agree okay let's just uh let's do two more here um let's go dino king 69 um nice this one's kind of like a uh, first question how do you make really good music <laughs> um well i'm glad you like it um working on it yeah i don't know it's one of those things that um i don't know how honestly i think it's one of those things that you all have particular t- talent and taste i guess and and like ingredients in a dish it's like you put those things together and and it and it makes something um so i find with us it's it's really just a matter of doing it a lot and trying different things. And I also feel like what's cool about our band is I think like the difference between like, quote unquote, our best and quote unquote, our worst song is like, I don't, I think anybody could have a favorite song in our discography. That's not somebody else's favorite. Um, Versus I do find sometimes of bands that I listen to that um, like they have one standout song or something that's like unbelievable. And then you listen to a record and you're kind of like, oh, you know, I'm having a really hard time getting into it, like any of these other songs. Um, and I find that our audience is, um, they could like any song. Uh, so I, I feel like our gap between best to worst is small, um, which I, I think is cool. Yeah, even the numbers support that we have a lot of songs that have a, like a similar amount of streams that are in top 10. It's not yeah. like... We have, I guess, Brill was Nikki's. Yeah. Uh, is a little bit higher, but. Uh, yeah. Also, the term really good song is pretty relative. I mean, for sure. Very there are subjective. a lot of people that don't like our music. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of music that maybe I'm not a big fan of. So you never know. Music is incredibly subjective. And there's also, yeah, you can't say something's good versus bad. I don't know. We talked about this that it's like. I don't know. It's 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 really hard to determine what is good in someone's eyes. Like I, Jared used to say this, my brother. Like he used to be like a music like prick. Like he was a, an asshole. If like <laughs> pretty much like if you liked you know X, Y, or Z band or genre, he pretty much thought you were an idiot. Uh, it fully like for a lot of his life, he would like fully judge you on that. Um, and then I remember um, you know his wife. Uh, who closest person in his life or whatever is like she just loves in the kitchen to just like blast pop music and just like bob her head and, and love it and so and that makes her feel awesome and so i think his opinion changed over time that what was good or bad to him was irrelevant because if music and no matter what genre makes you feel something or you feel good who am i to say that that's not quote unquote good it's obviously you love that so yeah. um it's i think anything could be good as long as it makes you feel a certain way i think there's a there's a quality level though. yeah that's what that's the only like pop music like you might not like justin bieber but the quality of the music is high but there's also music, <laughs> music that sounds terrible the singer is out of tune and uh the instrument the choices of instruments are the worst ever but for that to me is like a low quality and maybe make somebody feel something but i would say most likely not yeah it's like the people are just- i think like 99 percent of the time if you listen to something and you're like this person has no idea how to play an instrument or they're yeah. they're a horrible singer or whatever they've been doing this for probably years and they probably actually know what they're doing quite well and this is just what they dig and this is just their sound and I, I think it, it, with the stuff that's like kind of proven and 
Yeah, but I, I do agree with you, Jago, that there's also like, if you just started or something yeah. and you have really no idea what you're doing, like, well, okay, then that's probably not that good. You <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. But you're not being yeah. so, If your mom point, likes it, sure, maybe your mom loves it. At that point, you're not going to have a, a hit record, right? Like, it's sure. just not going to happen. So that's what. Yeah, it, it's more like comparing an alternative a metal band to Justin Bieber. That's not a fair comparison because. Yeah, totally. Um, it's just a different style of music, and there's less uh, audience, but it's still high quality. It's like that. Um, you always complain about this that they're really nice. Uh, what is it like abstract art where like guys are throwing paint on on stuff and <laughs> ah yeah, and yeah. I I love it I look at that I'm like oh my god it's so brilliant it's like it's just these guys have done it ten thousand times you know they've they've painted this exact white piece of paper they've done it like ten thousand times I guess my question on that one though is like like okay take like Michelle for example like she can paint she's like a pretty good painter like if you put any of us up against each other she would probably objectively just be able to she's just spend more time painting. So I just feel like there's more people in the world that can kind of do abstract art that you can take a canvas and do something, you know, whatever, uh, versus you see some paintings that are like unbelievably detailed and it looks like a picture. It looks I like I couldn't disagree more. Really? Well, well, this is, this is what, this is what you're comparing, uh, uh, some sort of like a classical musicians to, to uh, some kind of a beat maker who takes this beat, combines it this beat, and records some weird sound and makes a hit. Or I, like, what is this? this? Anybody can do it, right? If you, if you look at it from that perspective, maybe that person had the right ingredients. It did it. It's easy. It doesn't take three months to write like a symphony. But no, I would I would say uh, like like think about the comparison to like avant garde music or free jazz. Like yeah, these, maybe these guys came from a history of being very good musicians and like there's a guy named john cage i don't know if you know the song it's called what is it called three minutes and four thirty four minutes four thirty two it's like four whatever it is four thirty three yet uh and it's it's literally the sheet music is written that the guy goes to the piano bench he opens up the piano and he sits there for four minutes and 32 seconds exactly and then he closes the piano and walks off and it's like Sorry, I don't get it. He doesn't play. He doesn't play it. The silence is the point. And it's like the most brilliant thing because it's just like, and, and John Cage is a very good musician. Yeah. And he's and very good at composing. And I don't really get it. What's the point? The point is the, the audience is the, is the symphony. And oh, I like, see. The you listen to what they're, you listen to sounds of the audience. You, 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 and how uncomfortable you are. And, and like, what's and going on? It's, uh, this is like a one song. But you I would say can't, can't release an album like that. I don't know. Your, <laughs> your comparison, though, like I would say that avant-garde jazz is more similar to painting the painting that's got a hundred different faces in it. That's like, I think that that's incredibly hard to do. It's ex extremely complex. I would sure. say the beat maker is more like the abstract artist who I could go make an abstract piece of art yeah. and put some colors together and it's cool. Mine. Sure, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I get it at the end of the day. Mm. But it just seems to me that like one of these is harder than the other. Yeah, but it is, is yeah, difficult. Play, play free jazz is not easy. But difficulty shouldn't determine the quality of the piece or, or even how much you like it. Sure, right? maybe we're grading it on different things. One is taste and one is uh, like... Um, just how difficult of a challenging and you're mastering a skill set or something. I think at that point it's also about the idea. And if you, if the idea is, okay, I'm going to spray two colors on, on this wall and that's my art. Um, it's maybe there's a great idea behind it. I think if, if you're, <laughs> you need it? to study these things. That's why art like yeah, is, is not like 
any anybody can just go like, wow, this is that's why people who listen to avant-garde jazz or uh, they're not gonna like it on the first try. Like, hey, this is cool. It's <laughs> I uh, yeah. I need to you do not need to need to know the background. What's the story? What what the artist is trying to say? You need to go to galleries all your life, and then you can maybe appreciate it or not. I guess this could go on forever, but I yeah. do. Uh, I enjoy abstract art. Okay, but sometimes well, it's very stupid. Okay, so lens is all off. <laughs> I think it's like everything else. Okay, moving on here. Last, last kind of question topic. A few people here have asked about touring. Uh, Moose Man asked if we're going to go to Australia. Uh, we got a question here about Toronto, America, Israel. Um, so I would say that for us, we've spent the last kind of pretty much entire year or more touring. So now we've played the USA twice, Canada, Europe twice. So now I think that we are not going to tour for, you know, a while, probably at least a good year, um, in order to start releasing all of these projects that we've been working on. So, um, I think that that's our goal over the next year is to, um, really just, give you guys the absolute best content and the most interesting way and the best music that we possibly can. And, um, that's just not really possible to do when you're, uh, you're touring and you're playing shows and going from one city to another. Um, so that's going to be our focus at least for the next year. So, um, I, uh, yeah, for, for everybody out there, um, you know, if you're listening and this is the UK, this is going to be your last time to see us for a little while. So, uh, make sure uh, you come to these shows. And then um, the next time we tour, um, yeah, we're uh, going to have a fully different show and a whole bunch of different songs. So um, it should be exciting at the time when it comes. And I imagine at that point in time, we will uh, play all sorts of uh, cities, the ones obviously that, we, uh, that we've played before. And I'm sure we'll go to Australia at some points. Um, and Israel would be dope because... That is a place that's very high on my list of cities in the world to visit, but I do not know how many fans we have in Israel at this time. So, not a lot. I'd love to go. Yeah, I'd love to go too. Um, South America, maybe we'll be on the table at some point, but uh, these will all be decisions that we kind of make over the course of the next year. Or so, um, for now, I would say, you know, we finish this tour and then uh, we're back home and we are going to be working on music uh, releases. So, uh, if you're a Rare Americans fan, uh, you have a lot to look forward to this year in, in terms of new material. So it'll be really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Wraps up the Q&A. Yep. Thanks for submitting questions, everyone. That Thank was, you. Uh, Thank you. We appreciate great. all of your questions and your continued supports. And uh, yeah, if you're coming to one of the shows here in this UK uh, leg, we uh, we can't wait. They're going to be some of the biggest shows we've ever played before. So uh, exciting times. And uh, without further ado, we're probably going to go eat some dinner and then go to Flight Club and try to all beat each other at darts, uh, which I'm looking forward to. That's our hobby. Yeah. You know, to go back to the hobby. <laughs> On tour, yeah. To play darts. We found Flight Club in many different... This honestly seems like the OG Flight Club. It looked something. pretty cool. It really seems like America took it and like put it, like, of course, they supersized it, and it's mm-hmm. like it's like a thousand, five, 50,000 square foot facilities, and this one looks like it's got like six dartboards or something, so... As, is it with a video? Is the one? Oh, yeah, yeah, same board. Yeah, but it seems just right. like smaller, like the OG. Uh, we'll see. Shout out to uh, Flight Club if you guys want to. Uh, yeah, want us to promote. You're listening to our free podcast, The Screw Loose Juice. 
But this is just a taste. If you want the all-access pass to Rare Americans, then sign up for our fan club. For just $5 a month, you'll get never-seen-before music videos, guitar tutorials, articles written by the band, never-heard-before song demos, and hey, maybe even a little life advice that we've picked up along the way. Your 5 bucks goes a long way in helping us make more music and videos to further reach people just like you all around the world. The link to sign up is on our website, rareamericans.com, and on our Instagram page, at rareamericans. Thanks so much for your support.